Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Wrestle Culture. <clears throat> Whatever I said, whatever I did, I didn't wrestle. I just want you back for Lash. Want you back. Want you back. Want you back for Lash. I'm really Take that. <laughs> it's either that or, oh, wow. or Sir Mixlot's baby got back. It was a toss-up. I'll be back. All the satirical podcasts. <laughs> what songs have got back in it? Think, think Adam. <laughs> Backlash back, all right? Yeah, all good. See? You good. should do this thing going forward, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Wilbur from What Culture, joined by Phil Chambers and Michael Hamlet from What Culture to discuss all the goings-on in wrestling this week and look ahead to WrestleMania! Backlash. Uh, but before we get into it, if you're a fan <laughs> of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to subscribe. He really wants to. Come here, shut up. Review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz and a dog, of course, on <laughs> wrestle culture. Wait a minute. Um, like, do I win the dog if I win this quiz? Because I'm going to attack it. Now, we've got a lot to talk about today. As I say, we're going to be previewing Backlash and this mad story about Selena Vega going back. And before we do all that, uh, I've just got the word chickens written on my prep sheet here, Phil. <laughs> do you want to explain, explain why? Uh, well, I, I guess I can introduce the world through the medium of podcasts, which is the best way of introducing anyone to a chicken, uh, to Beggy Lynch, Sasha Beaks, Bailey. And chiclet because I couldn't think of anything better. Four uh, <laughs> hens women, uh, which is the, the, the new menagerie of chickens that we've added to our family over here in Newcastle. It's <laughs> when them all stood together, like after takeover Brooklyn, like all four chickens <laughs> hatched out of the egg all together, <laughs> with the little wings out to same four. <laughs> takeover Clucklin. Hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just wanted to double check how things were going, Phil. And uh, well, we, we I think we've referenced this on the podcast before. <laughs> Thanks, so. Yeah, we have. Yeah, uh, chickens. <laughs> but also, tell us about what happened with them in the week. Yeah, so <laughs> we go and pick them up. Listen, hang on. Salty, shut up. <laughs> God, At least now we know like how a bloody zoo over it. Well. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we go and pick them up. And initially, we were supposed to be getting three chickens. So the chickens were initially going to be called uh, Grandmaster Segze, mm. uh, Scotty Two Henny, and Klakishi. 
and they were going to be two coop because uh, we were only supposed to get three but then my girlfriend just appears and for some reason we now have four so the four <laughs> and we're born. um so we picked them up put them in the in the pen we should like say as well like our neighbor was moving house she used to have chickens she took the chickens with her but not the chicken coop so she gave us like her run and the chicken coop and stuff so oh. that's why we kind of ended up with chickens out of nowhere um so we put them all in and thinking it's the same place that she had her chickens this will be fine put them all in like dead mary got chickens go inside have a nice time, like eat some food and stuff, come back out to put them away. There's only one chicken left. And the one chicken that is left is sat there eating one of its own eggs. So this is like some kind of horror story going on and falling. <laughs> some kind of crazy cannibal chicken. Uh, so we run about trying to figure out where the hell the other three chickens are. Uh, we find two of them in the neighbor's garden, just kind of pecking about in their lawn. So we kind of grab them and chuck them back in the pen. The other one, absolutely nowhere to be seen uh beggy lynch just running amok around the woods near me i had no idea where it was it was getting dark at that point so we assumed it's probably gone to roost in a see like like tried to roost in a tree somewhere or it's been eaten by a cat let's face it it's going to be one of these two things <laughs> so we like wander around seeing if we can hear any chickens for ages can't see it can't hear a peep can't see a chicken so we go to bed, we lock up the other three chickens and we're like, okay, maybe we'll be able to find it in the morning, feeling like the worst chicken owners in the world that we've owned them for like five hours and we've already had one killed somehow. Um, and then in the morning, we're about to go out and try and find them and a neighbor comes knocking and is like, have you, not, have you lost a chicken? <laughs> like, that's a perfectly normal question to ask someone. <laughs> Uh, we're like yes yes we have lost a chicken and she it turns out that the chicken had gone into her backyard tried to roost on her patio furniture <laughs> and she'd seen it going like why the hell is there a chicken in my backyard <laughs> so with not know, really knowing what to do she put it in her shed with a little bowl of water and some Aww. porridge oats <laughs> uh, locked it up in the shed overnight and so yeah I appear in the morning she takes me to her shed open it up and there's just a chicken <laughs> sat in a, in a shed merrily clucking about Chuck it in. We immediately go to a DIY shop to buy loads and loads of chicken wire <laughs> and put a roof on the goddamn run so they're not getting out again, the bastards. Uh, and yeah, well, uh, success story. We have four chickens again. I love, Phil, how you've just watched so much wrestling all your life that you didn't know chicken wire was actually for chickens and not steel cages. Like, <laughs> you two were like, wait a minute, are we supposed to throw people's faces into that? What's this about? How is, uh, how's Salty getting on with him? Uh, he just kind of woofs at them and they do absolutely nothing. They are not <laughs> afraid of him at all. So that's a good mix. <laughs> oh, well, now that's all the fun stuff out of the way. Let's look ahead to WrestleMania backlash this weekend. <laughs> uh, me and Hamflet are going to do a sort of long form preview of all the matches uh, in a podcast that will be coming out tomorrow. Um, but Phil, well, let's start because the, the good matches come from your show. Uh, <laughs> let's start with... Roman Reigns versus Cesaro. We obviously had Jimmy Uso back on SmackDown last week. And I don't know, saying this to Hamlet uh, yesterday, Roman Reigns versus Cesaro, Roman Reigns retains. Roman Reigns versus Cesaro with Jimmy Uso messing up what's going on with the bloodline makes it a lot more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's one of the things they've done well with this entire Roman Reigns storyline is you've got this guy who like at face value is completely unbeatable by anyone on the SmackDown roster at the minute. Like there's no one close to being on his level. And yet 
they've managed to throw so many kind of spanners in the works throughout it that you kind of just get that little belief that, oh, maybe this could happen. Obviously, Daniel Bryan's the best at doing that because he can somehow make you believe that he can win absolutely anything when you know the chances (laughs) are not going to happen. So if this Cesaro match is half the match that that Daniel Bryan match was on SmackDown, we're going to be in for a treat, I'd say. Um, The Jimmy Uso stuff is a whole other storyline loop that they can go through, whether they revert to doing a similar thing to what he did to Jey Uso last year or whether it's a completely new dynamic where they go with a tag team into the future because that tag team division desperately needs tag teams and that stable as the universal champion and the tag team champions would just look amazing (laughs) with with all Mm. of them with the gold but then you can't do the Jimmy J Roman Reigns rivalries I don't know there's like lots of ways that this can go and that's by far the most interesting thing about SmackDown is that it can go in all of these different directions and they have these little huts that actually kind of makes you want to tune in next week. I love the line, uh, not bitch or whatever it was that Jimmy <laughs> said last week. I just was like, oh, here we go. I, I was so excited when I saw that Jimmy had Jimmy returned. How do you react, Phil? Uh, yeah, super excited. Um, it's been a long time coming. It's kind of been one of those things that's, it's been there, like all the stuff at Hell in a Cell, and mm. it's been like teetering, and you know it's going to happen at some point, but you just never quite knew when the actual date was going to be, when he'd actually be able to make his full return. And now, yeah, it just opens up so many possibilities. Like you say, it's that thing that makes you think, oh, maybe Cesaro could do it because there's this other dynamic in there, uh, which is only going to help that match. And I mean, Cesaro versus Roman Reigns. I don't think there's any chance Cesaro's going to let that be a bad match because that's no. like the biggest match of his career, probably mainly, maybe. First, first singles world title match. I think that's what they say. That probably obviously, actually, uh, yeah, now you think about it, Hamlet. But um, in terms of like changing the odds for you, because I've always thought about this as like, okay, you've got Roman Reigns, he's world champion, he's murdering everyone. How do you suddenly transition into someone's just beating him when he's got this? you know, brutal move set. He's got the guillotine. He's got the ground and pound. Look at him. But like I said, that's all well and good. But if you've got to try and keep your head on a swivel because of family issues, it changes the dynamic completely, doesn't it? Yeah. I I like this a lot. Um for kind of like all the reasons Phil said really. Like the the different ways they can choose to go now with the reunited Usos and the Usos relationship with the Roman Reigns. Um you know, we talked about this on our SmackDown preview today. The way I saw it going from last week's really great, by the way, show long storyline. That was like far from your typical lazy WWE reintroduction of a character. I really appreciated that they went end to end with the Jimmy Uso reintroduction. But I love the idea of Jimmy sort of getting on board begrudgingly and then gradually the Usos like finding a way to break away and for it to be sort of the first part of Roman's empire, if you want to use that phrase, crumbling. It might take a while, might take a really long time. Um, but I just it reminds me a lot of the shield like pulling away from the authority in 2013, mm-hmm. 2014, and just that feeling that the Usos can generate about wanting to just get away and fight back. And again, with live crowds, I think this is more effective. But the idea of audiences maybe willing them away if it's well booked and if it's well crafted, and so far, pretty much everything has with Roman Reigns. So I got a lot of faith in that. It's uh not that the act needed it, but it's gone it's energized roman reigns act in a another mm. like an additional way um we're going to get the run-ins we're going to get the cheating and we're going to get roman kind of like using and abusing the usos as a privilege that he's got as champion as leader of this group and all that 
But Roman's so amazing at these Brock Lesnar-style batterings that he dishes out in the matches that often what they've done is they've almost like got that out of the way or they've found a way to like eradicate some of that so that the finish leaves you thinking that Roman's done it by himself. Like even something like WrestleMania, where Roman's used the concerto, like Jey Uso's buzzing around, mm. you know, and yet it's your memories of Roman Reigns doing like a double concerto and stacking them both up and pinning them. They're really good at making him look and feel as dominant as he says he is, even though we can see the cracks. I, I love the Uso's as an ingredient to all of that. It's not going to be Cesaro's time, but as Phil points out, there's absolutely no way he doesn't make this one of like the talking point matches of the weekend, if not like the standout of the whole show. It's just, it's too big an opportunity for him not to make the most of after years, years and years and years of his most dedicated supporters, including half of his colleagues, saying, well, why is he not at the top of the card? Why is he not at the top of the card? To the point where most people were like, oh, he's pretty happy. He's probably got a really good deal. He's probably got a good contract. He's probably glad with his working conditions. He's probably happy to do what he does. Um, making that assumption because he just was never going to get put there again. He's been put there. It's been out of the blue, but it's been awesome. Uh, he's going to want to make it count. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 by the way, check out our WrestleMania Backlash preview podcast tomorrow for a wild prediction from Michael Hamlet regarding this pay-per-view. Uh, but yeah, I, I sense it's going to be a retention for, for Roman Reigns, at least here, Phil. But this has to main event, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think there's... I don't think there's been a pay-per-view since Roman Reigns has been on this run where he hasn't deserved to be in the main event. Like yeah. it's been, it's been that good. Um, and yeah, just doubling back to what Hamper said about like re-energizing Roman Reigns. One of the good things that they've done throughout this is even though like a lot of times, like in the Kevin Owens feud, you like, there was no chance that he was ever going to beat Roman Reigns, like building it up into WrestleMania. They did quite a good job of sowing lots of seeds of doubt about not only sort of Roman Reigns, is he going to win at WrestleMania? But like his sort of position within that sort of family and that sort of stable dynamic mm -hmm. and his position on the show itself. Like um, some of the best things was when the Daniel Bryan and Edge stuff started creeping into it. Like Roman Reigns' position on the, on the show on SmackDown lessened and lessened to the point where he wasn't on it a huge amount compared to what he was just a few months before it. And it was like the not only the title was slipping away from him, but his position on the card was slipping away from him at the same time. And they built that into the story. And then with how he won at WrestleMania, just so decisively. And then the stuff with Daniel Bryan, like he's gone two matches and it's like, boom, straight back at the top, like reminding people where this character is. <laughs> and it's it's kind of the sort of little roller coaster that he's on. And users are obviously a, a big part to play in all of that. But just the way they've managed to, completely re-energizing back to that unstoppable like monster guy again has been really really well done uh, let's talk about the other world title match for the men uh hamflet bobby lashley drew mcintyre braun Strowman for the wwe championship can drew defy the odds and and regain that title of his for you no, not till next month anyway, when they want to do it again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not till the raw after when they want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, like like it's it has the purpose of filling the spot on this card. We can't look what we've got. How rare is this, right? Phil, not rare for you at all, it's once a week. But like analyzing WWE strictly through the prism of the story they're telling us, not through the what we believe to be their cynical reasons for putting matches on pay-per-views. This is starting to feel a bit more like home soil, isn't it, Wilborn? Like <laughs> This is happening because it sort of has to. 
this is a title match that serves the content churn rather than serving the audience. Really miserable storytelling on Raw that's made fools of three monsters. Um, boring fools at that. Yeah, it's not, it's not even been clown stuff. It's just been like repeat match to build match. MVP complaining. Drew McIntyre doesn't feel half as credible as he did at the start of this year. Um, it all it can all be turned around. The thing with WWE now is that like the days of burials, mostly like there will be exceptions. Burials don't seem as commonplace because like nobody's over enough to be buried. Like where's Ricochet been for like a year? But if you put him back on TV in two weeks' time and he's awesome, you know, like oh cool, Ricochet's back. So nobody suffers in the way they used to now because nobody invests as much in the first place. So I'm not suggesting that Drew and Bobby and to a lesser extent Braun can't like main event pay-per-views in perpetuity for the next 10 years. But I kind of be excited about this one. Mm. They've not done the work. They've just simply not done the work. And Braun Strowman going in there, look, I welcome being proved wrong. If Drew gets pinned, I think it's gutsier. And I think they've got, I don't think Bobby's losing. If Drew gets pinned, I think it's gutsier. And I think they've got a chance of having MVP coming out and say, right, Drew, that's it, mate, bottom of the ladder. You had a couple of goals at this and it's not worked out. And you have to see Drew, you know, baby faces once they've reached a certain level, they'll never start again, start again. But he has to go into a couple of mid-card programmes where he has to kind of get his fire back. I just can't see it. It's 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 Braun laying down. It's the, it's the shortcut. It's the Money in the Bank WrestleMania rematch in a singles because they can pretend that we haven't had all the Drew and Bobby we need over the last <laughs> month, you know? It just, I don't know, pardon my cynicism, I've, I've not got high hopes for this match or indeed anything particularly satisfying coming out the backside of it. No, Phil? Yeah, pretty much second to all of that. It's just <laughs> there is absolutely no excitement in me to see any iteration of any of these three going at it ever again, I'd say. It's like <laughs> we've not even seen it that much. In the grand scheme of WWE doing rematches and running the same story week after week after week, like the matches, we've not seen them that often but it just already feels so so stale and not a single one of them like if you think about just not that long ago when drew was on the top like he felt like a really credible champion and was like doing quite a good job at the top of the card and when they were building bobby lashley back up again like he felt like oh this is kind of new this is exciting and all of that has gone so quickly <laughs> uh, all of that excitement all of that investment that we had um it probably doesn't help that Braun Strowman has only just come off a feud where he was just being called dumb every single week <laughs> and then never really proved otherwise. Um, so it's, yeah, there's just absolutely no excitement to any of this. And I would be fine, yeah, them not doing this again. Get Drew versus Jinder. That's what we want after this. <laughs> um, I think Drew might regain it. I think they're sadistic bastards. And they go, there you go, Drew. There's you with the title with in front of no one again. Um, but, That's the hurt business done then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it's all been crystallised. The chat I had earlier with, with Sid, we were talking about the triple threat match at Double or Nothing uh, in a podcast that's going to come out on Sunday about what needs to happen at AEW Double or Nothing at the end of this month about how the, the wonderful characters weave into each other really well in Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy, because Orange Cassidy could feasibly sit on the outside and let the other two just fight out for a while whilst he just chills out there because that's in his character. Whereas you can have these three monsters, and yes, they're monsters hitting each other, but one of them's going to have to sit on the outside for five minutes selling something, selling a bloody suplex or whatever that would normally have put them down for 10 seconds if you were lucky. But Just put knows? a train set on the outside of the ring and Brian will be happy. Well, bring that back. Where's the train noise going? 
Um, let's talk about the other triple threat match. Phil, for the uh, Raw Women's Championship, uh, Batista was talking about this recently on uh, social media, not happy that Asuka quite clearly is there to take the fall, you would assume, for Rhea Ripley. Yeah, you've got to imagine so. It'd be pretty, well, it'd be a very WWE move to take the belt off her so quickly and just shove it onto someone else, onto Charlotte or whatever. But you've got to imagine, you've got to hope that they're going to put it on Rhea Ripley for at least a little bit. But then they also need to book her as an actual credible champion and they also need to get the women's tag division stuff the hell out of all of the other women's belts just separate them completely and get that nonsense out to the side it's uh, just it's something they've been going back to for like over a year now of just somehow getting those tag belts involved with the main belt and it just doesn't make any sense and doesn't help anybody whatsoever um so yeah they really need to get Rhea Ripley booked as an actual credible top baby face or top uh, champion mm. and it, it's like it's the beating Asuka thing at least she's at least she did beat her she is the champion she probably should be beating people but at the same time <laughs> maybe don't do that match the like six days before you're gonna be pitting them against each other at a pay-per-view yeah. this doesn't make any sense I like how you corrected um baby face the champion because you could have said <laughs> and you're like well, she's not really one of them either yeah <laughs> the mind up yet there's direction uh, we again, it's a bit of a bit of a backlash preview spoiler. I'm just nervous. I'm just nervous on behalf of all of them. It, yeah, I, c- I can't ever imagine a time where I would think, "What if Asuka versus Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley is rubbish?" Mm. Here we are, like real concerns about how this match is going to play out. Um, I suppose, like Phil says, there's like certain like kickback from the involvement in the tag division, which is less than ideal. Um, but I've just I've yet to see from Charlotte that kind of proper energizing banger that like the way that Charlotte Flair makes you feel typically as this like years ahead of her like experience level progress as she is. It's still amazing that she's been at this less than a decade and she's as good as she is, but I, I don't know where that's gone lately. Um, Rhea Ripley is struggling to piece together what it is they're asking of her and yet still try and be herself at the same time. Ask her will show up and be brilliant, but like she's had no direction for months. So she, it's the saddest thing to say, but like she feels like an easy person to pin here because if they don't like want to recover her, they can just as easy write her off. They're just she just doesn't feel like she's a, a point of any focus from the creative team. And it's it's a shame she put the graft in in the early days. Like this time last year, what would have all been without Asuka? Mm. Um so yeah, but you know, these things come in cycles and maybe there's no, maybe they like I mean, you will want to pitched a potential write-off for Asuka through another character, and maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for her. Yeah, I'm just really hoping on Sunday for a, for an appearance from the, the real star of WWE Monday Night Raw's women's division, that being, of course... Larry, Larry. There we go. God damn it, man. I cannot oh, get away from this. <laughs> Does Gareth play this to you on a Saturday? Like, <laughs> no, it's not going to be Carl on Saturday, I've got to say. <laughs> uh, one match we do have faith in is Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Just going to be great, this, isn't it, Hamlet? Yes, yes, it is. Um, I've not been mad keen on the story, if I'm honest. Um, I think SmackDown are getting away with it with their women's division, massively so. Bailey is so convenient for them right now because it looks as though Bianca Belair has won the women's title. And oh, now look, she's got this really hard challenger, first of all. No, she's got one challenger. It's Bailey on nobody. Unless they were going to go back to the, the Sasha Banks rematch, it was Bailey on nobody. Um, it is not spoken about enough 
that the main, well, no, the Raw and SmackDown women's divisions for like pretty much since I would say Bailey lost the title to Sasha Banks, the, the singles divisions have been like shambolically ran. Carmella's run with Sasha Banks is pretty good, but tell me anything, anything that was happening underneath, like nothing at all. Nowhere near enough time dedicated to getting more women over. So you kind of you're lucky to get Bailey. The match will be brilliant. The match like like Roman and Cesaro is awesome, but like Bailey and Bianca Belair will want people to be talking about what they do on Sunday. Mm. They'll be working to try and steal those matches of the night on us. I I've got that much faith in their chemistry, um, and it's nice to have Bailey back in the title picture, even if it does sort of feel as if like this transparent attempt to make the division look in better health than it is. What do you think, Phil? Yeah, I yeah, completely agree. Um, the women's division, I think uh, Gareth found a stat on the SmackDown Review podcast that I've not, I'm probably just going to completely make up here, but it's something like they haven't had more than eight minutes of match time on a single episode since like January or something like that. And it's really, really been uh, like just really poorly shown and just underappreciated. Um, the Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks feud going into WrestleMania was obviously a complete shambles in terms of the build, but the match at the end absolutely smashed it um, because just put them in a position where they can just be themselves and perform. And look at that, they knock it out of the park. And so you've (laughs) got to think now coming straight off that match, uh, Sasha Banks has had Bianca Belair's best match and now Bailey in that kind of friendly rivalry. We're like, okay, anything you can do, I can do better kind of thing. You've got to think they're going to go into it with that kind of a mindset. Um, so yeah, the match itself, I have no doubt will be absolutely fantastic, but they really need to sort something. It, they had a run of the SmackDown women's division being really, really good throughout the card. They had like back when it was uh, Bailey and Sasha at the top, even the, they had like at one point, three different stories that were all involving the women, none of them revolving around like Reginald or something. <laughs> and each of each of them was sort of a believable, credible story on its own throughout the card. And it was a really good position for ages. And then they ended the Sasha Banks and Bailey story, and then they had absolutely nothing to follow it up with. Um, <laughs> so t- TV-wise, there's a lot of work to be done uh, with the women's division. But in the pay-per-views, you can't help but think they're just going to smash it because they are just that good. And when you put them in a position to shine or just give them 20 minutes on a show where they can just be themselves, that's, that's when it all works out. They just can't translate that to TV somehow. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. I want to do something we don't normally do here. Me and Hamlet aren't going to talk about the Dewey Dogs versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. You have to listen to the... Uh, preview wrestlemania backlash preview that's out tomorrow because we have quite a wide-ranging theory when it comes to that so make sure you check that one out but phil are we getting father-son tag champs on sunday you kind of have to at some point it has to be a thing um it's just too good a moment although i will never understand why you didn't just do this at wrestlemania yes! you had like have it open the show and have it be that far way that they put on SmackDown or sorry, WrestleMania SmackDown the night before, which is very reminiscent of WrestleMania Backlash because we're going to get that name in there somewhere and just have a really nice opening moment where huge crowd popper because every who doesn't love Rey Mysterio, father son tag team champions, first thing ever. It's such an easy, like heartwarming, good, feel good moment for first crowds back. And I just don't understand, I'll never understand no matter when they do this now unless it's when they finally go touring again or whatever. I'll never understand why they didn't just do it at WrestleMania in front of an actual crowd. Um, but it has to happen at some point. It's too, it's too good a little story for it not to happen, no matter how terrible the tag division is at any one point. <laughs> and to conclude our uh, preview of WrestleMania Backlash for the matches that we know are announced so far, uh, we've got Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. This should be a bit of bonkers fun, eh, Phil? Yeah, um, it's another one of those stories that just doesn't seem to want to die at any point. You think <laughs> coming up to the Bad Bunny thing, you think that's that's going to be your blow up at WrestleMania, but nope. Back to Miz TV and let's keep this going for as long as possible. Um, it should be good fun. Hopefully they get a good match out of it. Demi Priest has to win and then has to move on to something else, though. Uh, otherwise, whatever goodwill that they had from his debut on the main roster, which was actually a really good debut when you compare it to any other mm. uh, amount of like debut storylines coming from NXT. Uh, he needs to move on to the next thing and needs to prove himself against more people. Otherwise he's just going to get swallowed up by the mid card and end up like every other person on. <laughs> more confusion between Miz and Morrison in this one for you, Amphlet? I think so. I think so. All them lumberjacks are out there to, present a diversion that in theory should help John Morrison help them is in reality it's going to hinder him it's probably going to cost him I you know I, I, I wish I could be more excited about the things bell to bell in this match I'm just not asked about watching the Miz and Damian Priest fight each other again but I kind of have I can acknowledge and respect the work they've done in the Miz Morrison feud and the Damian Priest push I don't think they are screwing up Damian Priest 
Like, there's, a, yeah. there's some, like, yet more faint praise. I feel like that's, all, like, all of the <laughs> these podcasts sometimes when we're talking WWE. Like, I don't think they're screwing him up. And I welcome the continuation of that with him sort of conclusive. Like, he gets to draw a line here under the Ms. Morrison programme, doesn't he? And move on yeah. to whatever's next for him. Which, again, we talked about this, super convenient, money in the bank. Like, he's right there. He can go in. Like, he doesn't even have to win it. But, like, it's, it, nobody feels like they lose when they don't, when they fall short of money back, unless Baron Corbin's throwing you off a building. But, like, nobody feels like they lose. <laughs> so, yeah, like, this this is all pretty decent stuff. They'd have to make a real hash of it to make a hash of the work they've done so far. And the, the school-crushing finale does kind of transition quite nicely into hit the lights if they can. I don't know how, but it, yeah. it would look really nice, that. Uh, right, before we get onto the hashtag bloody good quiz, Hamlet, I'd love to know your reaction to this Selena Vega news coming out well, overnight and, and talking about today. I, I I didn't see this one coming, I think it's fair to say. No. Um, you know, it's ultimately like every decision a wrestler makes is for that wrestler, isn't it? Um, they deserve more money than they already make for falling on their backs for a living, for our entertainment. So I welcome like any wrestler getting a deal that they're happy with. I'm not really into... Um, well, no, with some exceptions, I think it's a shame when people go to NXT UK because I'll miss not getting the chance to watch them because who the hell would watch NXT UK? But other than other than that, <laughs> generally speaking, if a wrestler makes a big decision to get like main roster WWE money or to like gamble on themselves and go to AEW or indeed go back to the independence or whatever, you kind of it's it's on them. So go and do what you want to do. But the surprise would be my word is I'm still kind of like trying to figure out how this is. But what I would love, what I would really really love from all of this. Um, is for Zelina Vega, if she comes back to WWE, to make a comeback, to be Zelina Vega, to be great and all of that. But most importantly of all is that I want to watch like the first Twitch stream that she does as a returning paid contracted WWE superstar where she's earning money off it. That's what I would really love. I would have loved her to have won one because, and I understand why, like not enough wrestlers feel, from the outside, not enough wrestlers feel empowered enough to fight for themselves anymore. Sasha Banks, WrestleMania, I got quite emotional like in the main event of WrestleMania because she, a couple of years back, sorry, Will Bourne, when the Iconics were legal, she walked out because she knew what her value was and it wasn't that. And it was this, it was the WrestleMania main event. And it was just like, she told them where to fucking go. And I wish more wrestlers would do that. And mm -hmm. my hope is that Zelina Vega's exit has resulted in an, a re-entry that gives her what she wants. Roman Reigns, I don't think I fancy working during this pandemic, lads comes back and he wins the title straight away because he is the biggest star and they do respect him. And like standing up for yourself is not necessarily going to be the end of your push or the end of your career. I understand everyone's got different circumstances. And again, this is not me casting aspersions on the wrestlers that don't. I just like a industry where it happens. You know, I like it where they can, they're independent yeah. contractors, they shouldn't be, it's not fair. So at least if they're given a bit of like sort of integrity in their roles as independent contractors and they can fight for themselves. I'm all for it. So I hope that whatever she gets as a result of this return is exactly what she wants and it's not shy of what she deserves. Bill? Yeah, I second all that. It, it, I'm just really interested to know what the actual deal is and what it, what she's coming back into because mm. she's very, very outspoken on her way out about everything. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was the last thing that any of us expected to happen. We had pictures of her showing up pretty much anywhere else, but going back to WWE was never mm. even one of the options that we would have decided on. Um, but yeah, like you say, like WWE is this weird company where it's almost everyone who's made it to the big time has 
either fallen out with the company or told them where to go at some point in their career and it almost it's like almost bits won't respect you until you do do that 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 story about him back in the day was jericho and kofi where jericho's like don't let him don't let him talk to you like that or something i remember that right back on a plane or something yeah that's a wrestle him to the ground to make a point it was like you have to go and take him down now go double leg him on a plane like what's the deal just such a ludicrous place to work and it's yeah and like i say it's almost like you have to do something like that in order to gain his respect in order to actually get something that you might want coming out of it or you're just gonna wallow wherever he deems to put you so I'm very interested to see what it is, very interested to see whether she turns up on Raw or SmackDown, how much of this is like an outside streaming deal. Is she going to be doing extra streams for WWE? Is she going to be allowed to do her own streams on the side? Like, who's she going to be paired up with? Is she going to be a manager? Is she going to be a wrestler? There's like a lot of questions coming into this as to what she's actually managed to get herself. But you've got to imagine she had loads of options to Mm -hmm. do some stuff outside of WWE. And so if uh, she is coming back then there must be something in it for her like Hamford says she must have got a good deal out of this um, so yeah just interested to see where it is and good for her as well <laughs> like for just actually sticking up for herself and uh, going with her morals and saying no this is wrong <laughs> and yeah hopefully it all works out in the end maybe Alistair Black can come out of his cupboard now as well on this one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, really interesting to see where this goes next. We'll, of course, keep you posted What Culture Wrestling on YouTube uh, if you want to subscribe to that if you haven't done so already. Uh, but enough for that. It's now time for a... Bloody Good Quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by Wes, who's actually written it as well, because, well, I wrote all my questions about Backlash and we used it for a quiz, which the video of which is available right now. Uh, on our YouTube channel. So go and check that out and let us know how you get on. It's not about WrestleMania Backlash. It's about Backlash because it's bloody ridiculous. They're going to do that pay-per-view name. But anyway, <laughs> this week's quiz is all about Zelina Vega. Although Wes did send me this when she'd just been released. Hence why it starts <laughs> with Zelina Vega's recent release. I'm going to edit this. With Zelina Vega's release and recent return to WWE and her... Fu- oh, no, I can't say her future's in question anymore. I think it's a good time to celebrate her career thus far with a hashtag bloody good quiz. Thank you for this, Wes. Please enjoy. Uh, I hope you can use this someday. Thank you for this, Wes. Uh, and uh, if you weren't your name associated with a hashtag bloody good quiz, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling and leave us a five-star review on there. But usual rules, gents. Ten questions, multiple choice, shout your name and wait for me to come to you. So question number one, all about Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega was cast to play what WWE diva in the movie... AJ Lee is the correct answer. Really weird watching that film, isn't it? It's, it's one of those films you watch where you almost know too much. Like I was sat there going, oh, that's the wrong uh, raw graphics they are using. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're having, you're having Zelina play AJ was just, I mean, I get why they did it. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. She's in like, um, she like trunks and boots, isn't she as well? It's not like the shorts and the Chuck Taylors. Mm. It's just like, oh, yeah. Just like generic wrestler, hey. Eh? It's my memory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really like that film. I'll have to watch that again this weekend. Uh, question, is Kip Sabian in that as well, randomly? I just remember that. I think he pops up when they're in the performance center. Know. And Vince Vaughn's there, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, right, question number two. 
During her tenure at Impact Wrestling, Zelina won the Knockouts Tag Team Championship with whom as her partner? Was it A, Madison Rain, B, Jade, C, Velvet Sky, or D, Sarita? Sarita. Oh, this man is up on his Zelina Vega knowledge. Okay, question three. During her time in NXT, Zelina Vega was always in the right place to help her client Andrade Cien Almas, full name so much better, Wes writes here, yeah, it is, uh, win matches. But she was in the wrong place at the wrong time when he lost the NXT title. Where was she? Is it A, in Almas's arms, B, knocked out at ringside, C, on the top rope, or D, at the announce table? Ooh, what were the options again? Oh. The pamphlet. I'll go. Was it? Was there a knocked out a ringside one? There is knocked out a ringside one. I'll take that one. It's not knocked out a ringside. Fill your options. Are in Almas's arms on the top rope or at the announce table? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go with the announce table. It's not. It's apparently in Almas's arms. What? No memory of this whatsoever. I don't think I've even seen I'm, that. I'm genuinely, this is. Like I'm disgracing myself and indeed my legacy. I'm <laughs> having a horrible blank on this entire match. Me the, too. That's I couldn't place it at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm like I want to say it was Drew McIntyre, but I think I'm wrong. Drew lost it to Andrade, so that can't make sense. So Andrade must have lost the belt to. And the sentence, please, Phil. Alistair Black. Yeah, Alistair Black is correct. That's it. Yeah. Because Alistair Black lost it to Champa. On television rather than yeah, hey like, man, shameful. Aha, Vega dove off the top rope, black ducks, Almas caught Vega, and then he hit him with the black mass. I think that was nice. them. <laughs> in another man's arms, and I knew <laughs> I had to kick her in the face and then marry her. <laughs> uh, two nil down, but question number four what? Is Zelina Vega's IRL first name? Was it Tabitha, Teresa, Thea, or Robin? Phil. Oh, sorry. sorry, it's Thea, isn't it? Yeah. Thea, Thea, I'm, I'm so goddamn. It's Hulk Hogan's work shoot, work shoot, working to shoot, Jamani shoot. That was like, is, is Thea even, is this just another working name? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three nil. Question five. At the 2019 Royal Rumble, uh, Zelina Vega showed her love of cosplay and entered the ring dressed as who? Kefka Palazzo from Final Fantasy VI, Zorn from Final Fantasy IX, Vega from Street Fighter, or Sco- Vega from Street Fighter. I mean, he is he is the gear guy, isn't he? He is. Check yeah, out hidden meanings behind 2019 Royal Rumble. Uh, on <laughs> okay, uh, question number six. Before their NXT Championship match, Alistair Black met Zelina Vega as Andrade Cien Almas' advocate in the ring for a contract signing, during which Alistair Black made constant references to what? Is it A, Zelina's height, B, Zelina's off-screen husband, C, getting beaten up by Candice LeRae, or D, her fake accent? Some deep cuts this. I like this quiz. Thanks, Wes. I have no idea. Phil, why not? Seems like my only chance to actually get one in this quiz is to completely guess and get in first. Height. 
Phil's on the board, ladies. Here's the Lena Vegas height. Uh, question seven, four one. Uh, before being chased off by her greatest foe, Candice LeRae, Zelina Vega performed this spot on Johnny Gargano at the NXT title match against Andrade Cien Almas. Was it a basement Rana onto the floor? Was it a hurricane Rana off the ring apron? Was it a hurricane Rana onto the steel steps? Or was it a hammerlock DDT? Bill, the hurricane Rana off the apron. It's not what I've got written uh, down here. Ooh. Can I have the options again then, please? The options are a basement runner onto the floor, a hurricane runner uh, onto the steel steps, a hammerlock DDT onto a steel chair. Ooh. I had the same thing in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with C, into the stairs. It is uh, Hurricane Rana onto the steel steps. Was that the same match where she hoid a t-shirt at him or was that a different type of event? Different one, different one. That was a wonderful spot, that. That was amazing. All <laughs> uh, right, question eight. Apologies in advance for this one. Question eight, what does Vega do just before performing her double knee strike? Does she shout, Muneka? That's what I've got written down here. Does she slap each knee individually? Does she run to the opposite corner and slide, or does she slap her thighs? Ham flip. I'll go with Muneka because she makes it a big part of her personal branding and gear and stuff. It's not shout Muneka. Phil, are you what got with the other one? Slap each knee individually, run to the opposite corner and slide, or slaps her thighs. Ooh, I don't know. I'm going to go with one to the opposite corner and slide. It's not. It's not in fact, slaps her thighs. I think she's negotiated to get to be allowed to do that when she comes back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during a comeback Twitch stream, Vega expressed appreciation for being given the opportunity, opportunity to say what words before her match against Asuka for the women's championship. Again, really sorry for this. Viva Puerto Rico. Queens represent. This is for you, Dad. Also, this is what it feels like. Phil. I'll go with this is for you, Dad. Lovely stuff. It was, in fact, this is for you, Dad. Correct, Phil Chambers. Uh, final question again. It's all just, just for fun. Question 10. What does the word muneka mean in <laughs> English? Is it mask, doll, peacock, or business? Yes, business. Humphlet. I think it's doll. It is doll. Nice. And he's, look at this. Wes has even included a tiebreaker. Just for fun. Just for fun. He's written here. Uh, as of November 2020, that's probably how long ago he sent me this quiz. <laughs> sitting on it. How many years have Zelina Vega and Alistair Black been married as of November 2020? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> two? Two is correct. I, I was going to say two as well. There you go. Congratulations. It's been a tumultuous few years for the both of them, but uh, very glad to see they are still happily married uh congratulations to them and congratulations to you michael hamflet who win this week's quiz check out how he did 
and how Phil did on our WrestleMania Backlash quiz, or specifically our Backlash quiz, which is available on our YouTube channel right now. But this has been WrestleCulture. Thanks once again to Wes for that hashtag Bluey Good quiz. If you want your name associated with it, subscribe to What Culture Dressing and leave us a five-star review. Uh, join myself and Ben Roy Turner on Sunday night for our WrestleMania Backlash stream. Uh, and we'll be recapping it as a podcast, of course, in the early hours of Monday morning. But this has been WrestleCulture, the WrestleMania Backlash preview. Uh, you can follow all three of us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can follow Phil Chambers at... Fill my chambers, expect chickens pictures. <laughs> uh, and you can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet, and you can follow Adam Wilborn at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. As I said, a more detailed WrestleMania backlash preview with myself and Michael Hamflet coming out tomorrow, as well as, of course, the SmackDown review with Phil and Gareth. And then on Sunday, me and Michael Sidgwick will be chatting about what needs to happen at AEW Double or Nothing. Once again, thanks for listening to Wrestle Culture. My thanks to Michael Hamflet, to Phil Chambers, to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Wrestle. 